0: Please stand for the reading of the gospel. This is the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they might be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces so that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. You can have a seat. Well, good evening. Tonight we begin our Lent together. And as we do, I want to issue us three invitations. I want to invite us to a season, I want to invite us to a practice, and I want to invite us to respond. So first, a season. I want to invite us into this season of Lent. I want to talk a little bit about what it is and how we enter into it and why we do that. So in thinking about invitations, I actually brought a few invitations. This is an invitation to an art auction at my kid's school. This is an invitation, or more of a save the date, to a friend's wedding. And then this is the best one. This is an invitation to Alpha, to the South Arlington Dinner and Dialogues. It's really the best thing happening around. And so all of these, they're colorful. They have cool fonts. They have great pictures. And they get us kind of excited about what we're invited to. They give us a glimpse of what is, what's coming next. But an invitation to Lent is a little bit different. It's a little bit more like this. It's like taking these colorful, beautiful invitations and tucking them into this sort of nondescript envelope, something sort of somber. An invitation to Lent is a quiet invitation. It's kind of a subtle invitation. It's somber and bare. It doesn't look like very much. And the beauty of what's in that invitation isn't apparent right away. It takes a while to unpack it, to unfold it. Forty days, to be exact. And so in the gospel passage that we just read, Jesus offers us an invitation like this. He invites us to store up treasures in something kind of nondescript, something we can't really see. He invites us to store up treasures in heaven, and he makes it clear that he's talking about our hearts. He's talking about what it looks like to be people who live for God, people who live for heaven, for the ways of God, to be people who aren't posturing and manipulating Promoting ourselves at the expense of others, always clawing to get ahead, but to be people who really treasure the things of God. And this kind of life, this heavenly life, this God life, it's not flashy, it's not loud, it's not about doing big, impressive stuff for God. It's lived out in secret, it's lived out in an inward posture and in the motives and the desires, the secret things in our hearts. And so Lent is this kind of weird and uncomfortable, kind of dissonant season where we strip away some of the external stuff in our lives so that God gets access to that secret place. During Lent, we do lots of things differently as a way of unearthing what's really in us, what's really at the heart of who we are. So Lent is a season of ashes and of darkness, of jarring noises, of foot washing and burning, of lamenting and grieving. i gonna put this here. So Lent is this season where we can be really honest with ourselves. We can look at ourselves and be willing to see what is really there and all the ways that our secret lives fall short, and then to bring all of that to God, to present it before Him, and to ask Him for mercy. And so I invite you to Lent. I invite you to come into this season to really engage with it. I invite you to lay up treasures in heaven. It's an invitation to remember that there is this beautiful invitation, but that it's hidden. It happens in a secret place. And so I invite you to trust your Father who sees in secret. Well, second, I invite you to a practice, to the spiritual practice of submission. Now, all through Lent, we're going to be preaching about the spiritual practices, or the more common word for this is spiritual disciplines. But I really like the word practices because for recovering perfectionists like me, it's a little bit softer word. And it also talks about how we get these disciplines, these habits, into us because we practice them. We're all beginners at spiritual practices. We start off lousy and we keep going. We practice. So what are spiritual practices? Well, Jesus talked about a few of them in the gospel passage that I just read. He talked about praying and fasting and giving. And we're going to look at those and at other practices all through Lent. These practices are practical ways that we store up our treasure in heaven. They're how we live out those values of heaven day to day. They're all these ways of positioning our bodies and our minds to give God access so he can sweep out those secret places, so he can free us and deepen us. Well, Richard Foster has kind of written the classic book on spiritual disciplines, and he says this. Disciplines or practices are not the answer. They lead us to the answer. Spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. So tonight... I'm gonna talk about the spiritual practice of submission, probably the thorniest and most unappealing one, because submission is a pretty uncomfortable word. It makes me uncomfortable, it grates against my sense of autonomy, of being in control of my life and myself, makes me feel like having to do stuff I don't wanna do. And at its worst, submission can feel dangerous because it feels like it leaves us open to being taken advantage of, or even worse. And all through history, we've seen these examples of women and children, the poor and vulnerable, being forced into unhealthy submission, sometimes even in the name of God. And so I just wanna be clear from the outset that this is the farthest thing from the spiritual practice of submission that we're talking about tonight. Submission doesn't mean giving way to people and systems that are exploitative, and abusive, and domineering. And unlike most of the other spiritual disciplines, submission actually has limits. There are limits to how far we want to practice this, and those limits are crossed when submission does harm. But true submission, biblical submission, Jesus submission, that submission is all about freedom. Submission is all about freedom. So Richard Foster, again, describes submission as the freedom to give in to one another and the freedom to not have to get our own way all the time. Dallas Willard calls submission abandoning outcomes to God. When is the last time we did that? When's the last time you chose to give in, to let someone else get their own way at the expense of your own? When's the last time you let someone off the hook for meeting all your needs or advancing your agenda? Well, at the heart of submission is this freedom that only comes from knowing who we really, really are, from knowing how abundantly loved, how completely forgiven, how incredibly safe and secure we are in God. And so in this way, submission is actually at the heart of all the disciplines. It's at the heart of Lent. And it's right there at the heart of Jesus. Because the way of Jesus is submission. And we submit because Jesus submits. He submits to a human body. He submits to the scriptures. He submits to the will of his Father. He submits to the crowds who beg him for healing over and over and to his disciples who never get it. And ultimately, Jesus submits to the humiliation and the pain and the death of the cross. (coughs) Jesus' life was always a submitted one. He was always stooping down and serving, never reaching out to grab what was rightfully his. And so we see in Jesus that submission is a way of true freedom. It's a way of real love we see in him that submission doesn't make us doormats. It actually makes us revolutionaries. It makes us people who live by this radically different set of rules. People who are free to really and truly love our neighbors just as they are. And I've experienced this freedom in my own life in a powerful way. So a few years ago, I was going through this really painful time in my life and in my marriage, and I felt like things were just unraveling. And I was eaten up with this anxiety and resentment and bitterness. And at that time, I saw the people around me and I saw my circumstances as just nothing but these sources of stress and these barriers standing between me and what I wanted, me and my hopes, my happiness, my ambitions, my sense of control. And so in this really unhappy state, I started this habit of walking around my neighborhood, this neighborhood here right around the pike, and I started praying these frustrations to God while I walked. And it was this really feeble attempt at submission, just trying to put one foot in front of the other in a place and a season of life that I just didn't want to be in, Well, one day I was walking and, frankly, just whining in my thoughts to God, and I had this sentence drop into my brain, and I don't know another way to describe it, but it came in fully formed, and it had the full force of the words of God. And as strange as it sounds, I felt like the wind was knocked out of me. I felt like everything jolted into place and I've never forgotten that sentence, and I honestly don't think I ever could. So the sentence is this I can submit to this in freedom because I lack nothing. And in that moment, I had this tiny, tiny modern day experience of agreeing with what the Christians at Corinth said and what Simon read earlier they said, as having nothing yet possessing everything. And in this fleeting moment, I knew, I really knew that I possessed everything in Jesus. I lacked nothing. And it completely transformed the way I looked at my situation and at my people. I was free. I was really free free to love my husband and my kids exactly as they were, not as I wished they were, free to submit to whatever God was doing in my life, to his authority over me, in this place and in these people and at this time. Because in Jesus, I possess everything. I am dearly loved by God. I have been made a daughter and an heir of the kingdom. I've been washed clean and set free by the cross of Jesus. I have a big treasure in heaven. So, like I said, it was just this fleeting moment. But even for a fleeting moment, I felt free. And when I had that taste of freedom, I wanted more. And submission is the path to more. So my second invitation is to the practice of submission. I invite you to look for ways to give into people, to abandon outcomes, to set down the need to have your own way all the time. Let's taste the freedom of submitting to one another as people whose real treasure is in heaven. So I've invited us to the season of Lent, And I've invited us to the practice of submission. And now I want to invite you to respond. So one of the ways that we get into Lent, one of the ways that we worship, is that we keep things kind of bare, kind of sparse. We take away some of the adornments, some of the fullness, and we give God a little more room to move, to stir longing in us. And so part of that is that we fast from the word Alleluia when we sing and in the liturgy, And there's this really old way of doing this called burying the Alleluia's, where we physically remove all the Alleluia's that we can see from our worship space and we hide them away over Lent. And so we're going to do that. So in a little bit, we're going to take these Alleluia rocks that you guys made over the Alpha weekend and at the parish retreat, and we're going to bury them. We're going to get rid of them And it's going to be jarring, and it should be, because Lent is a jarring season. This is a dissonant thing we are entering into. It's disorienting. And so I want us to feel the weight of what we were letting go of. I want us to hear this loud sound, to hear it like reverberating around the room as we step into Lent, as we step into submission. And I want us to imagine, as we come up, And as you take a rock in your hand and you drop it in the box, I want you to imagine everything that feels heavy, every burden that you are carrying, every way that you feel weighed down. And I want you to experience dropping that for a season, submitting it to God. And then, once they're gone, we'll cover them all up. And they'll be hidden away for 40 days. And so I invite you to wait, to just wait with me for the beauty that is coming, that's going to be revealed. Amen.